Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, the founder of Korean beauty brand Jellico, and the founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn, and explore the world of Korean skincare. So welcome back to another one of our roundup episodes where I'm going through some of this year's top trends in the Korean beauty market and with a little bit of a focus into what we're going to be seeing more of going into 2024. So this is uh, an ongoing series that I'm doing to wrap up the end of the year. If you haven't already tuned in, in the last two weeks, we have covered some of the mainstream trends and trends that I think are really going to be prevalent in the market for the next couple of years as well. But for today's episode, I wanted to take a little bit of a deep dive into some of the top trending ingredients. And I'm actually going to do this over the next two weeks because there are just so many ingredients that really do I guess that they're synonymous really with Korean beauty, particularly at the moment. And I don't see them disappearing anytime soon. So I kind of think they warrant a little bit of an investigation. So for today's episode, what I really wanted to go through was some of the top trending plant-based ingredients. And if you have already heard the last two episodes, you'll know that we have talked what feels like ad nauseum about the sustainability trend, the vegan beauty trend, how these two are connected in the minds of a lot of Korean consumers, and that this has its links also into the clean beauty industry. And the searches for clean beauty and vegan beauty at the moment are just skyrocketing off the charts. And this is across the board on apps like Huahe and with the retailers online in Korea as well. So it goes without saying that if we're talking about things like vegan ingredients, that a lot of the uh, vegan skincare, rather, that a lot of the ingredients are going to tend to be plant-based. I think the reasons for that are maybe uh, obvious, but just in case you're not familiar. So vegan skincare is uh, often linked to cruelty-free. And the definition of cruelty-free is that the product itself has not been tested on animals. And, you know, because this is not a a concept that is defined legally by law in most countries, it's kind of left up to the brands to interpret it as they will. So some brands will say every single ingredient in this product has not ever been tested by on animals at any point in its history or, you know, any point in its part of coming to this product. And then other brands, the definition for them will be, we have not tested our product on animals to, uh, you know, make any of the claims that we're making about the product. So it will vary slightly. And then, then there are some brands that will say things like, we do not test on animals unless required by law. And what that normally refers to is China. Uh, And the reason is that uh, China has this kind of unique system where they can subject products to what is called post-market testing. So that means that a product has already been released onto the Chinese market. And in order to, uh, I don't know, prove its efficacy or safety, they will test the product on animals. And if you are selling into the, uh, the, the market in mainland China, Uh, particularly offline, my understanding is that there 
is a chance that that will happen. Now, I believe that there is talk that that may be changing, but for a lot of people, they are still hold that perception that if a brand you know, makes those kind of disclaimers, you know, will only be uh, subjected to animal testing if required by law, that they personally do not consider the brand to be cruelty free. It's a very personal decision. Uh, And I think people can get a little bit confused sometimes with cruelty free and vegan and thinking it's the same thing. So technically, the definition of vegan is that the product does not contain any animal byproducts in the formula. So that would be things like snail mucin, for example. Uh, So a product can technically be cruelty-free but not vegan and vice versa. So COSRX, for example, their entire snail line, they market that as cruelty-free. It's not tested on animals, but because it contains snail mucin, which is like the little trail left behind by the snail, technically it's not vegan. So because vegan is such a huge trend at the moment in Korea, a lot of brands are using plant extracts. There is one other really important reason why plant extracts extracts are favored in Korea at the moment, and that is to do with the EWG green grade rating system, which we went through, not in a whole lot of detail, uh, but we did go through in a a few episodes ago. So take a look, listen back to that if you haven't already, if you're not familiar with that system. So look, without any further ado, let us take a look at some of the top trending plant-based ingredients at the moment. And look, this is not in any particular order. I just think, you know, as a whole, these are very, very popular. And the first one is mugwort. So mugwort is very familiar in Korean skincare because it is actually very common in Korea. So it's eaten. You will find it in all sorts of weird and wonderful things from cake all the way through to uh, like just, you know, as a root. Uh, Latte, I see mugwort latte uh, not infrequently as well. You'll find mugwort rice cakes. That's a quite popular thing to be eaten. So the history of mugwort is very, very sacred to Korea because it is it goes all the way back to some of the founding stories of the country and it also plays a very very important role in Korean traditional medicine uh, or Chinese traditional medicine oriental medicine whatever you want to call it this is a very important ingredient because it is known as a warming ingredient uh, so it is used in the body you'll find it in tonics and things like that in teas in tinctures all of these different things that are prescribed at a traditional medicine clinic for warming the body, improving circulation and relieving muscle pain. So uh, I am by no means an expert in uh, Korean traditional medicine. However, I do have a practitioner that I see whenever I am, you know, out of sorts anywhere in my body, just because that is a lot more accessible here than physiotherapy, which is what I'm more familiar with coming from Australia. Uh, I think they call it physical therapy in the States. It's the same thing, but that's kind of like, where a lot of Australians will go to if they have, you know, body aches and cracks and pains and things like that. Whereas here we will go to the honey one and have acupuncture done. So I have had my my, my pulse taken many, many times by a traditional practitioner and, you know, he can tell you or he or she, mine is a man, but they can be both, um, basically what your constitution is. And in news that will surprise nobody that knows my history, 
tree of skin issue is mine is inflammation. Uh, and, you know, so that is sort of the, the characteristic of my, my body. Uh, and that's linked to other like ongoing chronic health issues that I have with my kidney. So there's not necessarily a cure for that, but that is, uh, you know, my body type. So there are certain things that are prescribed to me when I go that are designed to cool the inflammation and make it not come to the surface. Uh, so, you know, mugwort is a warming ingredient. So that's for people that would basically have the opposite constitution to me. So some people, their body is characterized by a lack of warmth. Uh, so, you know, there's all these different ways that our traditional practitioners use to then change the health of the body. And so mugwort is very, very familiar to a lot of Koreans and you will find it in a lot of different skincare products as well. Uh, so many of the big brands are running a mugwort line at the moment. You might see it referred to as Artemisia. That is just the Latin name for uh, the plant mugwort. And you will often see it in products that are being advertised as anti-inflammatory uh, or products that are being advertised as for sensitive, weak and damaged skin. And I think that this one, you know, it has been trending for at least five years, but I think this uh, has continued in part because of the pandemic. So many people are experiencing mask knee and a lot of different skin irritations and issues. So it made sense to keep using these kind of ingredients in those products. And the number two one on my list is actually heart leaf, uh, which is also known as Hutunia cordata. Uh, and that is another plant extract, obviously. And this one really did take off in popularity throughout the pandemic. And that's because it's supposedly very good for conditions, uh, you know, skin that is irritated. So if you have things like acne, if you have things like dermatitis, this can be a good one to just help uh, soothe the skin. It is a very powerful antioxidant. Uh, so a lot, so many different products that are really trending. A lot of the, the top ones on the market, which I will go through in later episodes, uh, that these will have heart leaf in them. And I think that, you know, heart leaf and mugwort kind of go hand in hand. So many different brands are running an entire line of mugwort products, for example, or an entire line of heart leaf. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think those have a lot of similar complementary benefits that work in tandem for the skin. So I don't see this trend going away anytime soon, uh, particularly domestically in Korea. We have a few extra issues to deal with that can impact the health of our skin. And the big one that I'm looking at literally right now as I stare out the window is pollution. Uh, so Korea gets very, very terrible pollution at certain points in the year. And unfortunately, winter is one of them. Uh, a lot of our neighboring countries still use uh, the traditional forms of heating, which are, you know, cause a lot of pollution in the air. Uh, and a lot of that then blows over to Korea. Um, so pollution affects us. We get the, uh, the yellow dust in May from the Gobi Desert, I believe, throws up the yellow dust and that sort of floats in over here. And it's just terrible for the human body in general. Like for, for every person, it manifests differently. The the symptoms they will get. Some people will tell you, oh no, it doesn't affect me at all. Other people will be like, oh, my eyes are so itchy and scratchy, or I have a sore throat. A lot of people, including myself, feel really tired on days that it's really polluted. And for some people, it will cause everything on the face to just flare up. So all of these kind of ingredients and skin soothing as an entire concept is very popular in Korea.
Korea because we have to deal with some of these issues. I know there are other places in the world that get pollution, but it is uh, very much a characteristic of life in Korea is dealing with pollution and people have developed different ways that they deal with that. The other ingredient that I just think this one is going to be forever trending, it seems like, is ginseng. And this is a herb and it has a very, very important history in traditional medicine practices. It is highly prized and can get extremely expensive. Uh, And it's a really common gift to give to people that you work with or maybe, you know, who have done something for you as a way to improve their energy. Uh, So, for example, a lot of apartment buildings in Korea will have a security team that works at the bottom of the building who sort of manages foot traffic, who's coming and going, delivery people, maybe, you know, cars and things like that. So they have a really hard job. They're on their feet and a lot of them work late at night. So it's a common thing for, you know, people to gift them some some ginseng drinks and things like that to kind of keep their energy up and this has been used and incorporated into Korean beauty products for many many years at this point Uh, I think probably the most obvious example of a brand that has really made uh, a name for itself on the basis of its ginseng is uh, so that is a brand that has been developing its ginseng since the 60s uh, and it has really successfully made the connection between luxury beauty and the use of ginseng in products that then we see trickle down to the lower end of the market much like that uh, speech that Miranda Priest gives in The Devil Wears Prada when Andy sort of rocks up to work wearing that cerulean jumper that she's picked out of a bargain bin basement uh, or at least that's the allegation and you know that it has been decided for her due to you know past seasons of really luxury you know um, fashion that Miranda herself has been involved in. I think ginseng is much like that you know the bigger luxury brands really made that name and it is synonymous with Uh, results for the skin it is synonymous with luxury and that then trickles down to uh, the cheaper end of the market I'm not going to call it the bargain basement bin but let's be honest the cheaper end of the market you can definitely pick up some not so expensive ginseng products these days Um, and you will if you are a regular listener already know my thoughts on all of that so I'm not going to go through that again but suffice to say that there is a difference between the, the the kind of things that you'll find at the higher end of the market and the lower end of the market, as there is in every industry, as I'm sure there is in fashion as well. Um, but that's not something that I'm as familiar with. <laughs> now, the other top trending plant-based ingredients, this one I feel like could have been on every year's list that we have done for the past few years, and that is Centella Asiatica. It just doesn't seem to go away. Uh, it's also referred to as Sika, Tiger's Grass, uh, Tiger's Grass rather. And this is another one that has just been used for centuries on damaged skin. So there are a lot of different claims made about it. Not all of them probably stack up. Uh, But suffice to say, it is uh, well enough studied and respected that you will actually find Centella Asiatica components as the key ingredient in a lot of products that are recommended here at 
actual skincare clinics, uh, at uh, plastic surgery clinics, for example, and even hair care clinics. Uh, so there are studies and data that backs up the use of Centella Asiatica in wound repair. Whether or not you are going to see them in some of the products at the lower end of the market is uh, debatable. I will just say that. But it is well known for its uh, effects on skin that is red, irritated, uh, acne prone, all of those kind of things. I think at this point in time, most Korean beauty brands at least have launched a product, if not multiple products or an entire line based on Centella, Asiatica or Sika in the past five years. Like I cannot think of too many brands that do not have this in some of their products. Um, it's It would be unusual just because it's such a, a keyword, such a key trend uh, and taps into a lot of the things that people are looking for in their skincare products as well. Now, another one that I think is more of a quiet contender when it comes to trending plant-based ingredients is tea tree. Uh, Now, tea tree is not new. It's not specific to Korea at all, but it just kind of is always there in the background. It's a great ingredient for acne prone and oily skin. It can help calm the skin clear it of redness and it's used by a lot of brands tea tree leaf water is probably more used than the oil itself but it's used in a lot of the ac lines which are like the code for acne in korean beauty uh, and for those with problem skin so those are the key products that you'll see it in now are there more plant ingredients yes there are but i think these are the ones that really have um you know stood the test of time that don't seem to be going away anywhere soon and that you know personally I'm kind of surprised that we can keep seeing new launches with these in that but I think that is just a testament to the longevity and how much people actually love these ingredients in their skincare that brands are basically just trying to find new ways to reinvent the wheel so I do think we will see more of those those are probably the most popular I think at the moment uh so look that they were the plant-based ingredients on next week's episode I'm going to look at some of the other things that are trending in the market uh but I'm going to leave it here for this week I hope you did enjoy today's episode and if you did I would love it if you could say stay subscribed leave us uh, a rating if you can if, if you can afford uh, time to just click on the five stars you don't even need to leave comments just even five stars would be amazing and until next week i will see you on style story 